0: all right what do we got next Derek? what is <laughs> oh yeah we're, we're just getting older with our sex <laughs> couples here bridges of mass county
1: it's more graphic though <laughs> it is. I, I, you... <laughs> like when it came up uh, yeah uh, hbo uh, that's what i watched it on and it was like warning uh nudity and i'm like where <laughs> I, I see the cast where is, is this new? and i i, I watched it where it didn't see it
0: Awesome. Hi, it's Robert. Oh, hi. Uh, listen, I'm running a little late, but uh, I'll still I, uh, be there. I, I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but uh, I'm wondering if it's such a good idea. Oh? Yeah, I had lunch in town today, and I crossed paths with that Redfield woman.
2: Oh, I guess you got the whole story.
0: The cashier at the grocery store was
2: most generous. Yeah. I think he's running for Tom Cryer next year. I learned more about the Delaney affair than I knew about my own marriage. If
0: it's going to be a problem for you to see me tonight, uh, don't feel pressured to do so. I'm sometimes not too bright about other people's reactions.
2: I wouldn't want you to be put in a compromising situation.
0: Yeah, I understand. I understand.
2: It's very kind of you to think of that. Robert.
1: Yeah?
2: I want to come.
0: Okay, so I'll meet you at the bridge like we planned and don't worry about the rest of it. I'm not. All right. I'll see you then. Okay.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Yeah. Um, this is another one actually, you know, I, I take that back. I was I, I didn't see it initially because I would have been I would not have been a teenager when this came out. And this one already had uh, kind of like how Stella got her groove back. I like the the title meant something to me as a child of like, oh, that's what chicks read. Not even chicks, but like you know your mother and your grandmother because I, I remember the book and you know emphasis on these bridges and these like small towns and like that just.
1: Uh, you were an, uh, an art. It's like tender mercies. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For whatever reason, what I kept thinking of.
0: You were an art major in college. Who is the, is it Kincaid? Who's the guy that does the sort of generic, like small town Americana sort of landscapes? He is like a multimillionaire you know artists in air quotes yeah. that is like the the kmart of like painters <laughs> that is That's I, don't why to... I don't know who that is <laughs> well, I'm a high-brow with my art <laughs> I uh I also you know I'm not going to know who's on the cutting edge of that for sure but uh, <laughs> I once was an avid watcher of 60 minutes and he was <laughs> there was a segment <laughs> on him <laughs> and I guess uh I guess it was a hit piece for 60 Minutes we're like, does this guy suck ass? <laughs> like, So very controversial for the 60 Minutes demo to kind of confront their favorite artists in that that re- regard. So Bridges of Madison County, that was my expectation. But I also caught this on HBO years ago uh, when I was a kid. And I actually found myself like, I remember then, I'm like, I'm never going to tell any of my friends I like this. Never. Never. Because I did, I did not realize going into it that this clint eastwood as the like traveling artist homewrecker of sorts and that's something that's brought up i guess you know d- during their their version of arguments as far as like what are we uh right. he has this cutesy vague like i've got friends all over <laughs> the country <laughs> and it's not, like- not 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 <laughs> Uh, that he just comes to a- calling for, you know, for a free meal and, you know, <laughs> two hots, a cot, and I guess some sex. Like, that's that's what he does. Um, I didn't realize then that it was not going to be, uh, and spoiler alert, as you said in the last episode for these films, you know, this is 25 years ago now for this one, they're not going to end up together. That This is a film about almost knowing the entire time we are two ships in the night type thing. And I really dug it. I really dug it. And a lot of it is – I like Clint Eastwood here because it's not a role I would expect from him. But a lot of the heavy lifting is Meryl Streep because she's the one that we see like the sacrifice she's going to make is staying with a perfectly, perfectly reasonable home life that involves very little passion.
1: Emphasis on the word reasonable. Right. It's, it's reasonable and clean, right? That's what she said about her husband. Yeah. That's the first description that she gave for her husband. And I think that was even kind of a tip, uh, you know, to, uh, to Robert, uh, Kincaid. When she's the, the first thing that you say about your spouse is they're, you know, it's a reasonable relationship we're in, or it's a clean relationship, uh, would suggest that, you know, I am kind of unhappy with how my life turned out. And you're right. <clears throat> Again, Eastwood's great in the film, um, but with uh, Meryl Streep, we know that everything is on the line on both sides of the fence, depending on what decision she makes with a car door. Um, and that's some heavy stuff. And, you know, again, heavy lifting, it's the burden uh, of her entire life, the, the secret that that she is uh, unable um, to, to she really share with just about anyone else in her life. Um, I really love how it is presented. And I didn't think that I would but present it through um, her her children kind of coming to this level of awareness about this entire aspect of who she had been since the 1960s um, and how it connects with their own understanding and their own perception of what it means to be in a loving, happy marriage uh, that they don't just want to be with a partner that would call them clean. Um, is a really nice contrast to watch throughout.
0: I didn't dig those segments um, mainly because of the actors I felt like, and I don't know who they are and maybe that's, the perception of having two screen legends with Eastwood and yep. Streep that were cutting to, I'm like, who are these people? Like they don't, <laughs> they don't deserve to be reflecting <laughs> on Meryl's story or Clint's story. Uh, and they're going through like these, this stages of grief, right? Like they're, they're going sure. through this, you know, this, this denial aspect of their, of their mom's life, uh, you know, sort of attacking its legitimacy. Um, and they, they see it as an attack on themselves and like who they, they were as a family unit. Uh, you know, it, it seems, and one, one cool aspect of the film is it's way more betrayal for them than it is for the husband who on his deathbed is basically apologizing that he couldn't give her a life, that her life was in sort of service to his goals, which from what we know of the man seem Fairly small, like you know, provide for your family, raise two kids. Uh, but he he knows that he didn't provide the necessarily the peaks of what she was capable of, what she was capable of right. feeling. I think that's also an important aspect of a film, as I said about Clint Eastwood, Homewrecker coming to town, is that you don't have the the other people be complete dopes about it, because then I, I think you judge the Meryl Streep character far more for not leaving if the people she chooses to stay with have a complete and utter disregard for her emotional state throughout her life. And so to have little, little touchstones where it's like, Oh, they recognize like what she, she gave up and that she was capable of far more. Um, I, I found that important,
1: well, they, they, they did it pretty quickly in that first scene uh, where she's making dinner for them. And I thought I, I love all of the scenes when they're in the, when she's in the kitchen, um, because it really tells us a narrative each time. Uh, the first time she's in the kitchen with her her two teenage children and the dad and she's just prepared the meal and they walk in and pretty much just sit down and uh, start eating. Right. With their head down and not having dialogue and not having conversation and not sharing and not saying thanks mom for preparing this this hot meal not saying do you need any help putting up the dishes um because that's her role like that is just what she does it doesn't matter what dreams that she had when she was uh when she was a child when she was younger no one really cares right and it's not that people treat her poorly it's just not it's not important
0: well it's a uh, product of i guess like the family unit is uh, – you said like a role. It's like they're positions in this own little company, this this, this workforce, which yeah. – If you're living in kind of farmland uh, and out in the country in particular, like uh, I, I, I work with a, a man who's 60 – like 62 and he is one of 14 children. And he often kind of references, like, because you know, he'll he'll ask, like, "Oh, when are you gonna have kids, Mike?" And it's like, "Ah, oh, you know, you, you would have had to start, like, you know, as you would say, decades ago. <laughs> You'd have to still be <laughs> in school <laughs> and start pumping out because you would just need your children to work, like, in some capacity, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I it's interesting, like, certainly watching it, you. And it, this coming out in 95, it's like that, that would have been noticeable then in theaters too, where people would have made note of like, wow, times have changed. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I don't think that they're being purposefully like cruel to her either. It's just no. like, this is just, we, we come in to, uh, really just restore our energy, presumably to like go to the next task of the day or, right. you know, the, it's the, the finishing act of all of the, the chores and tasks we've done, uh, which really, you can see he makes the Clint Eastwood character uh, presentable and his lifestyle presentable where it's a series of tasks that are blank canvases. Like what he shows up to, like he, he, him showing up, to take pictures of this, this bridge that for a series that he's doing. He doesn't know where it is. He hasn't laid eyes on it yet. And so it's constantly like this renewal of, of something like he, he has a particular quest that he's on, but not everything is laid out in front of him, which has to be incredibly inspiring and you can and incredibly attractive
1: to her. Absolutely, <clears throat> you think about the fact that most of their dialogue, you can tell it's like a child listening to someone tell stories about all the you know wonderful places they've been. Uh, you know, if you were telling a kid, yeah, I've seen a lion in real life, and I, you know, I have fought a bear and all the you know all of these things, and she's on the edge of her seat so this really incredibly um, you know uh, successful and interesting man of the world comes into her life uh, but still needs her to guide him to the bridge which is really interesting and so if this if it's a person that she's putting on such a pedestal still requires her help what does that say about how she can now feel about her purpose? Right, maybe it helps her to feel like she matters so much more by relation to his standing that she's kind of put him on uh, and he you know he still will be the person that's coming in there and saying uh you know do you want a beer? I'll hand it to you uh you know, do you need help with with dinner uh all of these things that she just doesn't get someone who has a level of of aware investment in the work that she does because it's uh, a fairly thankless job. Um, and when you know you talked about the importance of everyone having roles that you know going, we talk about therapy from time to time. Uh, one of the, the the understandings that we have as clinicians is the idea of family systems, right? Uh, and so that in a family unit, each individual, whether they're aware or not, plays a significant role in that family dynamic. You you move one person out of that dynamic, and everyone else changes. Uh, you have one kid that goes off to college, uh, that second child, let's say the middle child, their role in that family changes. And so when they're reading about their mom, um, it is not or it is more than just this is what my mom does. It's what does this say about me? What does it say about everything I understand to be true about life? Because her roles change. My roles change, too. Um, and so that was kind of neat. They, they, they were a little heavy with it, but but it was kind of a neat awareness
0: yeah, I meant to <clears throat> talk about it on the podcast. I don't even think I've told you, um, not that it's something that uh, I think it's going to be like, um, you know, life altering in any respect for most people. It's something people go through, but, uh, just this previous weekend, I just, uh, lost my dog and it has been shockingly painful. And I mean, for as you would expect, if you, if you're sure, an animal absolutely. lover, uh, in that regard, and it is just talking about the, uh I guess the, the hats that you wear, the persona, like I, you know, I find uh, like the main thing that's been where I don't have children. That's been removed from me is that sort of caretaker role right. that I have or the, or those, you know, the tasks or chores that you go through uh, like coming home and like going on a walk. Like it's, it's these little uh, in about a boy, Hugh Grant's character calls it units of time. That's how he's, he manages his day. Right. Um, and when you remove that. And so in this film, nothing yet tragic has happened it's not like Meryl Streep has lost her children it is like they're going for uh they're going for basically like a is it like a competition like they're going for with the children yeah the state fair yeah, yeah. Uh, um but she does have sort of a terrifying glimpse of the possibility of what her life could look look like when she's removed from that role and it, it is, it does sort of like, I guess, shatter like your perceptions of yourself, or at least what you like just in your daily life. You're saying, well, this is what I do. This is, this is who I am. And right. so it's something like me and my wife are talking about. Like, <laughs> not that we think like our, our marriage is going to end, but it's like, what, what role did Brody play in Absolutely. us as a threesome? Like, mm-hmm. as far as like, uh, you know, the, the task and now you, you remove that, that physical presence and not only is that, that absence incredibly sad, but it's also like, you know, it's a little bit scary in the sense of like what, you know, are, are, do we, did we treat each other differently when we had someone that we cared for? Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything you, you don't know because you have a child, you have a human being that can speak, even though if you like my podcast, my dog did, did speak and interrupt <laughs> quite frequently which I, I will miss uh, greatly but uh, yeah I, I mean it's it's something that I could see much more so than I guess the the films we've watched together for this podcast like sure. Meryl yeah. Streep and where her head's at I don't know I don't know what I would do in that situation well, I have no <laughs> idea I know what I would like to think that I would do but I don't really know right. I
1: would be freaked out well t- to your point uh, you know talking about uh, you know Brody which you're really sorry to hear that um, Imagine a situation like even your your uh, spouse decides she wants to go on a walk. Um, um and it's uh, let's say it's eight thirty, and you know it's starting to get dark outside. It dramatically changes even how you view, um, it, the appropriateness of it, or are you feeling safe with her going, you know, by herself versus let's say when she would go and would take the dog too. It's those kind of small tidbits mm. that dramatically change everything about your 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 life right your life you're, you're absolutely and,
0: right because i've uh yeah. i i often would go i'd run out and wouldn't think about locking the door mm-hmm. and she'd be like oh no don't worry, don't worry about it you're, you're just gonna run in and out which you know depending i guess what area you live in i mean that's sort of like we living in kentucky i don't know if it would be that unheard of like if you're living in a city like in a shared building sure. maybe it would be but you know with brody here i i i thought i'm like well there's that's his role. Like, you know, I mean, it's, it's old fashioned, but it's like at the very least, if there's a stranger about, he's going to get right. upset. He has a natural instinct to be upset at a stranger's presence. But now it is a like, oh, that's even just coming home. is just like, oh, I don't see him in the window. I don't even have that clue. Not that I expect. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not one of these gun nuts that is looking forward to the idea that my land is about to be invaded just so I can like take out on this like bigotry and racism, like on the outside world. But there is that just a cue where it's like, oh, everything's as it was when I left because he's in the window, he's wagging his tail. There's all and that, that tells stuff. me all I need to know. Uh, I'm yeah. not trying to make our listeners uncomfortable. It's just I've not, I've not yet had the opportunity to really talk about it. So if there is any super fan out there, because um, I used to talk about Brody all the time, uh, <laughs> believe me, I would much rather. Uh, I don't care how this makes me sound. I'd much rather a Clint Eastwood show up on my <laughs> tour to make me work through all these life changes of like, I wonder if I want to fuck him. That's that <laughs> something that's far more, far more pleasant than what I'm going through at this particular particular moment. Um, but it, it's handled with uh, a lot of grace and dignity for what is, you know, and I know I'm, I'm talking out both sides of my mouth coming off of our episode on how Stella got her groove back where I'm like, there should have been more more getting the groove back. That should have been more in this, like the more of that escape is fair this year. I don't, I don't know. How did you feel as far as like, you realize these are two movie stars when he shows up on that driveway to ask question you're thinking, okay. But you know, was there a point you ever got to where you're like, I hope they consummate this or, or did you have this like
1: element of fear
0: about it? Like knowing that the possible damage that it could do, uh, the latter.
1: um, just because of, of how she had presented herself as uh, a, a loving mother that has already dealt with kind of this level of unhappiness her entire way throughout, the way she presents, I think it would kill her. Her decision would kill her. Um, and uh, when she was even talking to him about, like, I don't want to hate love. I don't want to hate. And, I'm you know, I'm kind of Messing up the what she said exactly, but I don't want no one's to, expecting to be Meryl Streep. It's all right. <laughs> Listen, I have tried, um, <laughs> but you know, she doesn't. And she she's saying this has to exist in a vacuum because it has been sacred. It has been beautiful. And if I move outside of Friday with you, it will tarnish everything. Right. And so then I won't be able to have this piece of this entry, this volume, if we're talking about old encyclopedias. Right. Uh, I don't want to have I will lose this volume of my life with you and I will screw up the previous 17, 18 years of my life. And so how could I enjoy Friday or Saturday or Sunday? Everything's ruined. Let me at least keep this. And that that honestly made made sense to me with the type of woman that she was, that she's already been so selfless. Um, the, the entire time that she's in her marriage, she knows what that's like, right? Like I, like I know what it's like to 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 want more. I don't know what it's like to live a life in which I feel like I have let down my children and let down this person. That's a good man. He's clean.
0: And projecting that shame onto yeah. Clint Eastwood as the person who brought that proposition to her her doorstep. I mean, it is it, it has got one of the best grand gesture moments. I think as far as, uh, cinematically with him hanging, uh, the, the necklace that she gave him up, uh, on his rearview mirror and him waiting at a green light and not moving yeah. forward to give her extra time and give himself extra time to see if she will get out of her husband's truck. And the way they, they hold on that. They, it is excruciating how long they hold on that moment where she, her hand is gripping, the, the door handle to to come out and it takes her husband just sort of honking at, at that particular point, sort of ignorant of it. Like later on, I right. may have figured out, but uh, like, what's this guy's problem? Like, what's he doing here? Uh, and I even like in that moment, he's not like this stupid son of a bitch. What would he get? Like, he's just like, I wonder what's going on with him. Like, what's he doing? Seems like a, a patient <laughs> dude, but just asking the logical question. And it, I mean, the fact that it shows you not just her sitting in the car starting to break down which he then does notice uh and she's like you're just gonna have to basically you're just gonna have to let this pitch go you're just gonna have to let give me this moment how close how close and i I don't know if you were sitting in the movie theaters in 1995 what you would want because i when i was watching it at home on hbo now i didn't really know i was kind of swept up in the moment because what you said and her explanation is incredibly logical uh, it's, it's incredibly decent and I, I can totally support it when you put it in those words, but it's another thing to like live through it. Another thing to like, see it and to have yeah. like, I mean, it's basically like, you know, her committing herself to a, a, a life sentence of sorts and to, to turn down the unknown when you've already sort of boxed up your life as far as like, nope, it's going to be the same for this many years until one of us passes and then maybe then I'll have a brief window where I can pursue myself I don't know I, I definitely I don't think in this particular time period I don't think in 2020 there's going to be too many people that would not open that door open I know. Yeah, and maybe even 1995. I don't think I don't think we're. I'm. I i do not want to mean to sound like the uh, the movie watchers of 1995 were the greatest generation. Like they knew how to stay stay put or anything. But <laughs> I definitely think that if it came out now, given your age demographic, the younger you are, uh, I think that there would be a lot of letterbox reviews. Like, why didn't she get out of the car? Or, you know what I would have done it. What What was wrong with her?
1: Do you? Th- does your opinion of Clint Eastwood change at all? The fact that he was, um, kind of not really pushy, but really did want her to leave—you know, her family, her kids, that you know, the farmhouse, all that stuff. Because uh, I guess going into the film, and and even pretty much till the halfway point, I was under the assumption that he at no point would have said like, "Go with me." That he would have been the one that was like, you need to stay where you're at because, um, you know, I don't want you to make a, a decision uh, because of me that will dramatically impact everything that you 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 do. And the only reason I, I guess that I thought that was um, even in the letters that she wrote to her, her children, I think they, that she had started with saying like, you'll you'll have an appreciation for him by the time you're done with this. Mm. So my assumption was that she would present herself as saying, listen, you are what I want, you know, take me. And that he was the one that was kind of like, no, I won't be the guy that ruins that for you. So when he's sitting in in the the truck, just kind of chilling out, like, you leaving all this for me or not. I, I didn't think of him negatively, uh, but it did change how I, I, I did view, uh, you know, this, this photographer who hops all around all these women's homes um, across the country.
2: I, I'm not gonna apologize for no, who I am. And anybody. I'm not gonna be made to feel like I've done something no, wrong No, you're here. not gonna be made to feel anything, period, because you have carved out this little part for yourself in the world where you get to be a voyeur and a hermit and a, and a lover whenever
0: you feel like it. And the rest of us are supposed to be incredibly grateful for this brief moment that you touched on. Go to hell! It isn't human not to be lonely, and it isn't human not to be afraid! You're a hypocrite, and you're a phony!
2: I don't want to need you. What? Because I can't have you. What difference does that make?
0: It's... Okay, so the... uh <laughs> You know, here's, uh, I guess, maybe... Wilt Chamberlain, like numbers, uh, is, is a point in her favor, right? Cause you, you assume he's not, I hope he's not going out using this bit with all of them, like, come away with me. And they're all, he's just meeting, I guess, women who, you know, uh, are, are so committed to their vows that they just, he just, <laughs> he hasn't found the one. I'm hoping that's not the case, that he's just like, damn, I, I can't get one of these <laughs> married chicks to come with me. I don't think that's the case. I don't think we're meant to read it as such. But it's easier. It's, it's, of course, it's easier for him. I mean, he has, he can know conceptually what he's asking right. of her, but he doesn't know the people. I mean, like, he's like, he knows the, the husband as the guy behind a wheel through like, you know, a, a rainy windshield. He, he doesn't necessarily know the children. Um, and he is aware, like, you have this introduction. He goes to the diner and you see this woman that had another relationship. And so he sees how, that society, that small town will turn on someone who, I and guess, tear her apart, not only just betrays, you know, her family, but that betrayal is a betrayal of the community too. Like, you know, how could you, how could you make the rest of us uncomfortable to have to live <laughs> with your shame, which I, both of us coming from the same town, we understand that. T- I totally get that. Like people, not just being gossipy, but seeing it as attack on their own decisions to stay, And maybe an unhappy existence. It's a
1: kind of communal uh, moral code that is being violated by the act of one. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So he's, as I said, conceptually aware of what he would be asking of her, uh, but he is so taken in. One thing we've not mentioned: she is she is an immigrant, and they have this this kind of cute example that he actually has been to this small. Uh, Italian village, like where she came from, like he is, which, you know, you were, ta- you were using that example of like speaking almost to a child as far as all the cool things I've done. And it, it adds that element of sort of, I guess, kismet to it where it's like, oh, wow, like this is, is this, this is kind of like meant to be right. in a way.
1: It was leading to this point. He's all, they've, they've always known each other. And
0: movies steer us to that. Not only that when we're watching a movie, but it's, you know, you can have an unhealthy reaction to, mass marketed entertainment anyway, as far as that's how my life should be. Like, why do I not have, that's what this podcast is about. Why do I not have these meet cutes like this? Like, why are my breakups <laughs> not in the second act? It's like, so we can have a fantastic third act, like that sort of thing. I, I think that I believe him because he has like, where I see her logic. I also see his, he has that moment where he gets up and she's basically saying, can we just have like, let's just like have the one last night. And let it be what it is, and he's looking at it the other way. He's looking at like how incredibly sad is that last night. We I can't enjoy this if I know there's an endpoint. Like I, even though it's a small amount of time, I I, I know what I know. Like I know right. that this this does not come along again. And so for him, it's also like a life sentence of knowing that he's not going to be with what he perceives to be the one person that he was always meant to be. That he was always it was always leading him towards. Both of these people have. Points that I agree with. And it's basically one of those things where it would be like, whoever has the 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 closing argument is probably <laughs> probably the one I'm gonna go with. Uh but it it's it's a really I think it's an incredibly well produced romance in that regard that I it's like I said in that episode with Stella, you could come out from it with your date. And I think both of you could be like, Well no, this is the way it should have gone, or no, 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 she should have done this instead.
1: And I think you could you could be right either way. Is there Either outcome that makes it a, a better film. I agree, like in like a from a like a real life perspective, mm-hmm. that's a tough, tough call. I I feel like this decision makes it a better film. I, I, I don't know why. Yeah, she um, gets she
0: gets out of the car and kisses him in the rain. You still have the father of two children who's just yeah. so sort of dumbstruck and his whole life is shattered. Like you
1: can't <laughs> like usually like, these, like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Usually we these like, seven movies, like,
0: like uh, a completely different one, right? Wedding Crashers. Uh, I only go to that because Bradley Cooper, that one is, is aged strangely because Bradley Cooper is the asshole boyfriend. And he's so clearly the asshole that when another asshole comes along that is one that makes us laugh and Owen Wilson, we're like, well, clearly, clearly Rachel McAdams, get rid of the other guy. Cause he doesn't deserve you. Cause right. he's a fucking prick. No, the the film never presents this guy as such as you said. He's a decent, nice man who does have some awareness of his wife's sacrifice, and so knowing that he's just going to be left in the rain, and then has to explain to his children like, I, "Your your mom just got in a car or like a truck with another man. I don't know." Like, and then the, to think of the. The cheapening of that, like sort of once in a lifetime love from the townspeople to know that they would just become some sort of like legend of the town of you know Meryl Streep the whore that left her left her children. I totally see it from her eyes. It does make a. I mean, it makes for a better film just to have that tragic, uh, long sort of long standing love that couldn't quite be requited. Like you know, they had their one moment. It, It certainly is better in that regard. Uh, and man, you talk about you know yet another grand gesture—the the book that he has—that is just yeah. Of course, after it his hits, after it, his it death, you. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, all of this um should not. I mean, even even at my age now, it's, I'm kind of like I like I'm embarrassed of a lot of things, but like it's it's not one that I'm like, man, Bridges of Madison County. That is <laughs> that's it, man. That's <laughs> that's a true romance because it's still has that sort of like senior citizen kind of quality to it that seems like you and I should even in our thirties should not be watching this this movie. But we are.
1: Yeah. We are. And it it and like you said, it works throughout. Even the moments in which uh it's like 1987 or whatever, and her husband's passed away and she's she's received all of this stuff from uh Kincaid's attorney. And you just feel for her the fact that he's she has the chance like her kids are they're grown. They're gone. They've moved out. She she did her duty as a loving wife and mother um, outside of those four days. And the, the the opportunity could have been there. It would have been here now. And now he's gone. Right. And so really the only the moment the only moment that she would really have to to have reconnected to have her great love is the uh for her ashes to have been cremated. Uh, and so it makes sense that she goes through all of this effort to present all of this information to her children. So, her, you know, especially her son. So he has an, an understanding that no, it's not just that mom, you know, got a wild hair and decided that she wanted to be cremated. Like there, there is, there's weight. There's weight to this. Um, And I don't think there's any other way for the for it to have been played for for her adult children to have looked at this situation. Like if it ends and they're still pissed, I I don't think that works at all. Like like maybe it was a little (laughs) cheap about how they went about it with the husband going in and saying, like, you know, just like, am I a bad guy or whatever? Uh, But I, I do like that there was a lesson that was that was learned from from that aspect of learning about all this stuff about mom they didn't know. I mean, I'll try to give them
0: a little bit of uh, credit where it, it, it's certainly a lot. If you had no idea of your, this other life from your parents, and I, I don't think most, I don't know, I don't know if you would say, is it healthy really for children, even grown children, to really know that much? <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a funny Norm McDonald bit where, uh, I can't remember if he did it on Letterman or what, where, uh, he was talking about, I guess the wistfulness of like uh photography, like how there used to be like one picture of your ancestors. It was like the the one picture they could afford. Like they, they went to town for this newfangled technology and he's saying future generations will be like, do you want to see a picture of my grandfather? And also would you like to know what he did every day of his life? Like let's, let's pull up the archives of all the social media <laughs> statuses. And like, I don't know. I mean, that's something we're going to have to grapple with, but I don't, from my view, um, as you said, as an elderly man, uh, I don't know if it's healthy. I don't know what. What do you, as a professional, how much should, do you think we should know about our, our parents' uh, lives that don't necessarily relate to to us as a family unit?
1: To us specifically, um, I think for her, it was. I think it was important just because going with the narrative that. Um, she's never really had a voice with the people that she's been spent most of her days with. There was never really an investment in knowing anything about her. This was her one opportunity in death Um for people to have to sit down and listen to things about her that mattered. So it, it, for her, it was almost a therapeutic experience, right? Um, we, well, we often talk about in, in, in journaling being um, a, a, an appropriate kind of way of getting your thoughts out and expressing yourself, having a moment of clarity. That was her moment of clarity, but it was especially important that, that they had that um, opportunity to learn more about her. Does that work for everybody? No, because, uh, you know, she could have had uh, children that just weren't capable of being able to look past the fact that she had an extramarital affair. So maybe she's giving enough credit to her children to be aware and insightful and nuanced enough, um, to be able to, to take in new information without judgment. And they were able to kind of do that as time went on. I didn't love the acting there to your point um i liked how they did it but i just didn't love the acting the one the one scene i do take issue with so that was just kind of incredibly odd and out of place was the moment when they're they're sitting i guess out in the the woods and they're drinking and um the pretty much the son in his in a very kind of edible kind of way was like i she shouldn't be having sex because when i came along she She should be having sex. And it's like, what? That was the end of it. It was was all meant to get me here on this planet. That's all. That's because I'm the prince of this house. If if she's having sex with anyone, it's me or my dad. Like that. (laughs) I I sit there as as a son thinking, that's not how we think. I don't know where this is coming from. This is like left field. Why can't you just been like, I had a vision of what my mom was in their marriage. And now I feel like that's been compromised and I'm upset. Uh, I thought that was kind of just oddly placed dialogue uh, between the two of them. Uh, I
0: mean, I guess I could, I guess I could see like (laughs) some—I don't know if I want to say people we know, but I guess I could see some (laughs) small town folks saying, (laughs) you know, that somehow that is like uh, my property, my birthright, in a strange, strange way that has been has crossed there. Uh, no, another thought i had when that scene was playing out was there's uh jonah hill and wolf of wall street where dicaprio confronts him like hey man there's people are talking shit about you and saying that you like fuck your cousin no it's not like that no it's not like that you
2: know i mean like you married your cousin or some stupid shit you no know? yeah my
0: wife yeah
2: my wife is my cousin or whatever but it's not like what you think whatever you know is she like a uh, first cousin or is she yeah no she you know her her father is he's the, he's the brother of my mom. Mm-hmm. It's really? not like well, you know. Look, we grew up together, and she grew up hot. You know, she right. fucking grew up hot. all my friends are trying to fuck You know, and I, I was I'm not gonna let someone, you know, one of these assholes fuck my cousin. No, so right? I, you know, I use the cousin thing as like yeah, yeah, like yeah. an in with her. I'm, I'm not gonna let someone else fuck my cousin. What? You know, if anyone's gonna fuck my cousin, it's, it's gonna be me out of, out of respect. You know. No, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not afraid of like the whole kid thing, right? Like the have kids, right? right? Yeah. I no, mean, we have two kids. And I mean, I don't mean I don't want to get personal on they, they, they're okay. No, they're not retarded or anything like that. But Poor there's a big chance, right? If yeah, you know, yeah, there's like a 60%, you know, 60 to 65% chance the kid's gonna be fucking retarded or whatever. That scared the shit out of me, buddy. I look, man, a lot of having a kid or whatever takes risks, whether you're fucking cousins or not. What, what if you, I mean, what if something like that happened? Mm-hmm. I I basically, you know, if the kid was retarded, I would, I would you know, drive it up to the country and just like, you know, open the door and let us say, you're free now, you know, like, run free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can put this bucket with you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's horrible. You, know, no, you,
2: <laughs> you look like you no, we would take it to like an institution or somewhere that's handled to like, you know, raise the kid or whatever. You know what? If you're happy, God bless you, buddy. No, I'm God not fucking you. happy. No one is married is
0: fucking happy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. Yeah. Of course, in that film, it's fairly broad comedy, but they just sort of let it hang there, and it's like, well, I, I guess that's what happened. Yep, that's that's the extent of that. I know we'd get there eventually. I know we'd get to something, you know, something. So more one thing I wrote down at our level, yeah. <laughs> Uh, one last note. I, uh, I, I, I guess I was speaking ill of the dead with, and it was actually like Kincaid is right. I was, I, I had it mostly. So we have Robert Kincaid as the Clint Eastwood character here. Thomas Kincaid is who I was thinking of, but he passed oh, okay. away in 2012. But his, uh, Wikipedia entry, uh, says he is notable for his success, uh, with his mass marketing of his work as printed reproductions and other licen- license, licensed products. So yeah, I, you know, I'm yeah sorry. that man's pockets <laughs> so, sorry to the you know his family i hope they were well provided for but yes i i the one time i take a pot shot at the art community and i'm like oh great now i'm dancing on someone's grave that's i never would have said otherwise but it was close right kinkade it made me think of it burn this podcast
1: to the ground <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that's an itunes review coming up sure. <laughs>